When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to tell you about odd and unexplainable phenomena. I hope you've enjoyed this week of bonus episodes. Monday was a fan favorites episode, including the stories Obsession in Yellow and Frosting, both tales of food and revenge. Thursday was a new guided nightmare. And today I have for you a new dark reddit. This is a strange topic. I've been wanting to discuss it for a while and I thought, what a better time to talk about something weird than that void the last week of December always seems to feel like. So, my friend, let's talk about the third man factor, sometimes called the third man syndrome or the third man effect. So, what is the third man factor? Have you ever heard stories about, say, a person who is involved in a car accident and swears they were pulled to safety by someone? They can even describe the person, their gender, what they were wearing, etc., only to be told later by witnesses that no one else was there. Or stories of people surviving in the wilderness, absolutely certain that they had a guide or a fellow hiker with them the whole time. Again, after being rescued, they're made aware that they had been alone the entire time. Who are these mysterious figures? Are they guardian angels sent to help? Are they figments of imagination, a a bit of a delusion created by a brain pressed to extreme amounts of stress? Or, as some people on our favorite website Reddit think, (laughs) is it proof we live in a simulation? Well, I have no idea. I have no solid answer for you, but I do have several stories of this high strangeness that I'd like to share with you. Maybe by the end you'll have your own idea of what you think is at play here. And of course, I always welcome you to tell me through social media what you think is happening or to email me. The term third man actually comes from a poem called The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot, who was inspired by our first story. Here is the passage where the term came from. Who is the third who walks always beside you? When I count, there are only you and I together. But when I look ahead up the white road, there is always another one walking beside you, gliding wrapped in a brown mantle, hooded. I do not know whether a man or a woman But who is that on the other side of you? 
This was the footnote to this poem by Eliot, and it read, The following lines were stimulated by the account of one of the Antarctic expeditions. I forget which, but I think one of Shackleton's. It was related that the party of explorers, at the extremity of their strength, had the constant delusion that there was one more member that could actually be counted. And so we begin our first story of the third man. Ernest Henry Shackleton was one of the early explorers of Antarctica. He led the fateful Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition. The entire expedition is incredibly fascinating. I highly recommend researching it further, but I want to get to the meat of things and the whole reason you're here. The expedition employed two ships, the Endurance and the Aurora. There were 28 men on each ship, well, 29 on the Endurance, a stowaway was discovered and made into a steward since it was too late to turn back. They set sail on September 27, 1914. Shackleton himself was on the Endurance, which became frozen in an ice flow on January 19, 1915. They had no chance of becoming unstuck until the next spring, or so they thought. So Shackleton, instead of abandoning ship then, decided to turn the ship into a winter station, hoping that they could sail away once the first thaw came. Again, there is so much to this story, it took place over several years, but I'm going to fast forward to November 1915, when the Endurance, damaged from the pressure put on the hull from the ice, yes, it did not thaw as Shackleton thought it would, and they would just, you know, sail away completely unscathed. Well, this is now November, and the Endurance, damaged from the pressure put on the hull from the ice, sank completely. The men abandoned ship into three lifeboats that became stranded on an inhospitable island called Elephant Island. Shackleton eventually decided to try to find safety by hiking across mountains and glaciers. He took two other men with him, Tom Crean and Frank Worsley. Eventually, after a grueling trek, they reached a whaling station on South Georgia Island. When he and his men were found, they had been lost for two years. After his rescue, Shackleton wrote, during that long and racking march of 36 hours over the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that we were four, not three. Worsley also wrote of this fourth man. It is strange, in mentally reviewing the crossing, we should always think of a fourth and then correct ourselves. Crean was more uneasy talking about this mystery companion they had. He allegedly only spoke of it once, and this is according to an article from Reader's Digest UK, which I will link below with all the rest of my um, citations, in a pub to family and friends, but later said that the Lord brought them home. Kind of reminds me of that, that poem of when you were walking along the beach there were only once there was only one set of footprints and it's because 
Jesus was carrying you? Is that how it goes? <laughs> anyway, but like the opposite where there's actually an extra set of footprints. Anyway, of course, these men had been in freezing temperatures and starving for quite a while. So was there a fourth with them on their journey? Was there some mysterious presence or was it the freezing temperatures and starvation? Between some of the more highly documented stories of the third man factor, I wanted to include a few from Reddit. This is a dark Reddit episode after all, so what would it be without some tales from anonymous strangers to further deepen the mystery? This was an answer from an Ask Reddit thread titled, What's a mystery or unexplained event from your personal life that still baffles you to this day? By user Old Hammer. Well, user Simnestra replied, When I was in the fifth grade, I went to science camp on a mountain in California. We had a night hike that was supposed to teach us about the different cells in our eyes, so we did it without any flashlights at all. Our eyes adjusted to just starlight, and it was actually pretty cool. Until the counselors made us walk a stretch of the path alone, one by one. We were 10, and at least some of us were still afraid of the dark, me. So I was far too anxious to listen properly to the instructions. One counselor went ahead through the bushes and radioed for the other to start sending kids. My turn comes up, and I drag my feet down the path. Until I hit a fork. I vaguely remember the counselor saying something about it, or was I remembering wrong? Which way was I supposed to go? Was it even a fork, or was I just not able to see properly in the dark? Mind you, this was a pitch-black mountain in California with nothing around for miles other than the camp. I didn't want to get lost. I looked behind me, briefly considering going back the way I came to admit that I was a dumbass who didn't listen. But when I turned back to the fork, there was a man standing there. He was Asian, wearing wireframe glasses and a white t-shirt. It was barely 50 degrees Fahrenheit on the mountain. I wasn't scared. I felt no malice from him. If anything, I was relieved to not be alone in the dark anymore. He gestured for me to go one way, so I did. Rejoined the rest of my class and the counselor radioed to send the next kid. I didn't think anything of it for the rest of the trip. It took me until I was on the bus ride home, reflecting on the hike, to realize that I'd never seen him before. He wasn't one of the counselors leading the hike, he never came out with us, and he never emerged from the bushes after all the kids had done their solo walk. I have no idea who or what he was. This had a reply of its own from user a maxophobe? <laughs> OMG. This comment and the replies to it have solved a lifelong mystery for me. When I was nine, my mom put me on a Greyhound bus in the dark at night to travel one and a half hours to my grandpa's. I am no contact with her today. She was very abusive and I was always being shipped off to places. Anyway, the way my nine-year-old brain computed it, a man came up to us at the bus stop. He was donating blood. He wanted to make sure everything was okay before I boarded. Then, we arrived to the town. I start to get off the bus, thinking this was my stop. 
Suddenly, the same man who was donating blood back in that first town is now on my bus, and he stops me. He says, no, not this stop, just wait. I stay put. Then, the bus arrives at the next stop, where my grandpa is actually waiting. That same man says, yeah, it's this one, go ahead. I get off and safely greet my grandpa. I'm an atheist now, but I grew up with crazy religion. When I relayed that experience to my parents, they decided it was my guardian angel there in the flesh. Anyway, I never had a suitable explanation for that experience slash memory until now. By the way, the replies that they were referring to were other people explaining to the first person that what they experienced could be the third man effect. And this was yet another reply by user Lavendier. When my mom and aunt were middle schoolers, their very old colonial house had a bad fire and they were the ones to discover it after walking home from a party before their parents. My aunt opened the front door despite the blaze because she was worried about the dog, he was already out, and saw a man in old clothes standing at the top of the stairs who said, run child. It led to some drama as she then told the firefighters that there was a person inside. The weirdest part is that when she described the man to my mother, my mom said, that's that old ghost none of you believed me about. Interesting. So, let's move on to yet another explorer. This one was a couple of decades after Shackleton. In 1933, Frank Smythe wanted to become the first man to summit Mount Everest. At one point, due to extreme weather conditions and lack of oxygen, Smythe's entire party turned back. But our boy continued on. Spoilers though, eventually he actually turned back only a thousand feet short of the summit, but he later wrote in his diary, All that time that I was climbing alone, I had a strong feeling that I was accompanied by a second person. The feeling was so strong that it completely eliminated all loneliness I might otherwise have felt. He even said at one point he pulled out a Kendall mint cake out of his bag which I had to look up because, you know, if there's mention of food, I need to know all about it. And for those also not in the know, like me, it's a mint candy bar. And it looks like if you had the middle of a peppermint patty in bar form with no chocolate coating. Anyway, he pulled one of these out of his bag and the feeling of his companion was so strong that he even instinctually turned to offer some to them, only to find no one was there. You know, that's another snowy one. Coincidence? Let me know what you think. Okay, more stories from Reddit. This was asked by user DoPreferences1972. Have you ever experienced third man syndrome? If so, what was your experience like? And user BarflyerDammit replied, had to go look it up, but yeah, I've experienced this. I've done a lot of long distance driving in my life and there have been times when I've pushed myself too hard and for too long. The first time the guy in the fedora appeared in my back seat, I was on two lane highway in rural Wisconsin 
and he was sitting between two sleeping friends on the five-hour drive back from a concert. It freaked me the fuck out, but woke me the fuck up. He would then regularly appear when I reached the point of exhaustion while driving. I know now that if I think I see that dude in the back seat, it's time to take a rest. So, fellow followers of weird shit, you've probably heard of the hat man, and I have to say, while researching the third man effect, I did not expect to see a few cameos from the infamous hat man, but I found several instances where he's mentioned. Some of them aren't coherent enough, the stories weren't written, uh, they were kind of just little mentions here and there, so I haven't included a lot of them, but, um, this was one that I found really fascinating, and I, I just, the, isn't that strange? I mean, this could be a good argument, though, for a simple scientific explanation for the third man effect. Maybe that of pareidolia, which is when we see a meaningful image in something that is actually random. Like how you see faces in clouds, or smudges on a window. Um... It's something to think about. It's actually, pareidolia is something you've probably seen mentioned if you're into ghosts, because it's often cited as the reason we see, you know, uh, shadow faces or, again, faces in windows or things in pictures that are allegedly of a ghost in a window. So um, it's something that's used to debunk ghost photos quite often. Um, yeah, again, something to think about. Here's another reply to that same Ask Reddit, and it's from Frankie Smile. Not my story, but my father's. He was alone skippering a boat somewhere off the English coast back in the 50s, ran into a terrible storm, got knocked over onto the ground, and couldn't get up to steer the boat. He said two men appeared and steered the boat for him, and occasionally spoke to him to say he would be okay. He couldn't figure out how they got on the boat in the middle of the storm. He saw them and heard them clearly. Early the next morning, he woke up to voices, but this time it was a Coast Guard vessel that had come by his boat. They were amazed he was alive. He was alone, too injured to steer, and, based on his last reported position, shouldn't be where they found him. He had, in fact, been reported on the radio as missing presumed dead. That is probably my favorite of all these stories. Just incredibly mysterious and unexplainable. No one will ever know what exactly happened on that boat in the 50s off the English coast and how Frankie Smiles' dad survived. And this next response is a pretty classic third man effect story. This is from Cool Kid 1802 I was very young, but me, my mother, and brother got into a car crash a few years ago and had to be cut out as we got hit by the side at a crossroad and went up in the air and spun around. I thought I seen a woman comforting us, but I don't think she was real as there was ambulance and fire trucks on the scene so she wouldn't be allowed into the scene. If she was real, I hope she's okay and I'll never forget her. And so now we come back to a more historical written account of the Third Man Effect. I mentioned that the boat story was my favorite, and it just so happens that one of the first 
modern written instances of the Third Man Effect took place on a boat. Joshua Slocum was the first person to circumnavigate the globe solo in 1895, and he wrote about how during his first attempt, he had a horrific storm and was incredibly ill and delirious. He claims that as he lay incapacitated on the floor of the cabin of his 12-meter sloop, that a strange guest held the helm for 48 hours. If they hadn't, he would have perished. And I know this episode has become just sort of story to story to story to story, but there's not, from what I could find, a lot of research on the Third Man Effect because it's sort of, I don't really know how you would study it in any sort of scientific way. These are just a lot of, it's a lot of anecdotes and it's so fascinating to me because it's been experienced so many times by different people. You can even find instances of it, like this next one I'm going to read. I actually didn't look up Third Man Effect on Reddit. I started looking up Guardian Angel stories because I feel like the first time I heard of this phenomena, that's actually how it was presented to me. Like, (laughs) I don't know if many of you read these, but do you remember the Uh, I don't know if they're still around, the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Um, So those were different. Those were sometimes fictional stories and things, but they would have like Chicken Soup for the Mom's Soul, Chicken Soup for the Dad's Soul, Chicken Soup for the Teen Soul, and for the Nurse's Soul, and like all kinds of, they had all kinds of them. And I remember I had one, I think probably for the kid's soul or something, or the teen or whatever it was. And um, I remember there being stories like this in those books. Like I think my family had like several of them different versions or the original just chicken soup for the soul i'm pretty sure there was a story like this in there of the third man effect phenomena but it was presented as a guardian angel um which depending on your beliefs of course you know feel free to run that way with it um i'm not telling anyone to not believe in what they believe in it's just um interesting because even if you hadn't heard of this again presented as the third man effect you've probably heard as we've gone through these anecdotes You've probably heard stories like this before um, through, you know, the internet or just word of mouth. And like, for instance, I'm working on this story and my I was telling my grandma about it and uh, she was telling me that her own mother experienced something like this. And I hadn't heard that before. And oh, I guess I can relate to you the one that I just heard. Just hear my own family story of the third man effect that was sort of different than all of these So basically, my uh, great-grandmother, who was amazing, I miss her so much, she and my great-grandfather had split up at the time, and she was going through a really hard time, and um, she, I I think some other things were going on at the time, but she was at home alone, she was feeling very lonely, and she got this knock on the door, and she opened the door, and it was this priest who she had never seen before. And this is, this happened a long time ago. Um, She wasn't elderly at the time, I don't believe. And this priest came in, made her a cup of tea, and was basically comforting her and was like, life's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Right when she needed it. And it was, again, sort of strange because it was like, I don't know who you are, but you're a priest, so I trust you because because, you know, she was an old-school Mexican Catholic, so (laughs) you just, you trust your priest, whoever he is. 
And so he is comforting her and she says, like, no, I'll make you a cup of tea because you're the priest. And she did something and turned around and he was gone. And so that was, you know, very different than the other ones. But I just thought I'd throw that in there because I stopped to take a little uh, dinner break and I was telling my grandmother what my story what this episode was about and she was like oh something like that happened to my mom and (laughs) told me that so and now I'm telling you but basically all of that was to say I'm sure we've all heard stories like this just not told in the context of the of it being a phenomena that happens in the world and I think it's interesting to take those and frame it and like put kind of put it into perspective of like wow this weird thing happens to so many people and it's like even if it doesn't happen to you you know someone who knows someone it happened to or you've heard the story before and it's it it really again it may be a very good argument for it being there being a scientific explanation of it being something our brains do under high amounts of stress anyway okay i'm done (laughs) ranting so on to this next Reddit story. This one comes from a deleted Reddit user. And like I said, I actually found this in a, uh, an Ask Reddit that was uh, about guardian angels. I had an experience like that one time. I was 18 years old at a party. I got blacked out drunk, and I don't remember much of anything at all. I got in my car to drive home about 30 minutes away. I have a glimpse of a memory of arguing with someone while driving, and they grabbed my steering wheel and drove my car into a ditch. Somehow ended up in the ditch underneath my car right off of a busy highway. An ambulance drove past and saw my car and took me to the hospital. I was obviously and rightfully charged with a DUI. The next day when I sobered up, I asked the officer who else was in the car with me and they said, nobody. So I asked my friends if I left with someone in the car and they said no. I learned my lesson and haven't drank and driven since then, but I think it's a miracle that I didn't die or kill anybody that night. And I would like to tell you about, there's there's actually a book called The Third Man Factor by John Geiger. I haven't personally read it, but this is an anecdote I found that is from this book about Ron DeFrancesco, who was a money broker on September 11th, 2001, in the World Trade Center. He was on the 88th floor. He was above where the plane had hit the South Tower of the World Trade Center. Of course, there was smoke and debris, and he had difficulty breathing. He didn't really know the way out. And he said, I was led to the stairs. I don't think something grabbed my hand but I was definitely led. And he said it was like a ghostly presence, a sort of angel. Finally, he was led to the only operative staircase, and he ended up being the last man to come out of the South Tower before it collapsed. He was one of only four people to escape anything that was above the 81st floor. And he claims that... A presence led him to safety. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, if you want more stories of the third man effect, go ahead and get 
John Geiger's book, The Third Man Factor. I have not read it, so I can't say, uh, I can't give a huge recommendation for it, but I do know that it's uh, a lot of these stories I've been finding um, have been pulled from his book. So I know he did a lot of research to find and compile all these stories. Um, so yeah, if you want more of that, I'm sure that would be right up your alley because this is, again, it's a very interesting phenomenon. So I'm sure I've piqued a few interests here and there. Um, okay, I'm going to go. If you'd like to follow the show, if you want ad-free episodes of the show, you can you can get them on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Again, there are two other episodes out this week in case you didn't notice them. There was a fan favorites at the beginning of the week, and then a guided nightmare came out yesterday, and then this. So next week we'll be back to you. I will um, have my bi-weekly Patreon little bonus episode come out if you're a Patreon member for $3 and up. And if you'd like to follow the show, you can follow me on social media at Scare You to Sleep on Twitter, Instagram, and you can join the Facebook group. And you can follow me personally at Shelby B. Scott on Twitter and Instagram. And if you heard uh, dogs barking or a cat uh, throughout this episode, there's no need to (laughs) check on your neighbors or adjust your hearing. That was coming from my side of things. I apologize for that. They're the neighbors, dogs. uh, I just haven't quit all day. They just haven't quit. And my cat has decided that it is uh, chase your tail out. Oh, (laughs) she just scared. I don't know if you heard that. She just did it. She uh, yells at her own tail sometimes, and she just scared the absolute shit out of me. (laughs) I'm sitting here talking about it. How did you get me? See, jump scares, scaring people, it runs in the family. It runs in the family. I still don't have a uh, (laughs) a permanent office set up, so just, you know, still dealing with some (laughs) some slight little um, uh, (laughs) interruptions every now and then okay i haven't done a dark reddit in a while i hope this one was satisfactory again i think this phenomenon is so interesting i could i could keep going but it kind of felt a little redundant to keep telling third man stories over and over again so i apologize this episode was a little short but uh let me know if you want to hear more of these or uh if you have any suggestions for dark reddit episodes or high any high strangeness that you're interested in because i want it all i mean i've been dying to do another time slip story i just haven't compiled enough time enough more enough additional (laughs) time slip stories to make another make another time slip episode but if you're new to the show and you liked this one where it was kind of a You know, it's a little different than just doing my fictional stuff like I usually do. Uh, I have these types of uh, episodes peppered in, of course, under dark Reddit, but there's also a time slips episode. Um, There are some haunting episodes. Um, What else did I do? I've done others and I'm drawing a blank right now. But yeah, check them out. They're they're sprinkled in there every once in a while. So uh, I'm going to go and I hope you are having an excellent void week. Okay, happy void week, everyone. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs>